What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode 118 of Smack Talk from SmartOutMoment.com. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and with me on the mic this evening, we have, from Unanimous Decision, Stephen Wego. Yo. From the Bounce House Wrestling Federation, if that ever comes up, Drew White. Yo, D Wizzles in the Hizzle. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and from the Monday Night Raw post show, we have Mike Payton. Fuck Dixie Carter. <laughs> <laughs> no real TNA talk on this episode. Sadly, I know you guys love when we talk TNA, but screw that. We're not going to do it. <laughs> we, do- <laughs> we do have one thing to talk about TNA in the hot tags. So that's a real quick thing, but mostly WWE talk this week. And we're going to answer your mailbag questions that you sent in, as well as debut a brand new segment Call the spot on the card, which will be coming up in parts four and five, respectively. But this is part one, and you know what that means. It's time for the wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. So, Wego, who got last week's question right? Well, last week's question was, which current member of the roster has had the most suspensions? The answer was Randy Orton, who has had four. Um, Three for wellness policy violations, one on the old, two on the new, and one for misconduct. Who got it right? The Jamesy and Thomas Sanders. And the one who got it partially right was the Rosa Show, who said Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio both with two violations. But we don't give good effort trophies, so you were wrong. Um, As far as the question for this week that I'm going to try and stop the hosts with is which wrestler has accumulated the most eliminations for all his appearance in the chamber? Cena. Is it Triple H? Nope. Mm, shit. What was the question? Which wrestler has accumulated the most eliminations for all his appearances in the elimination chamber? Uh, Tista? Nope. No, I'm going to say... Edge? Nope. Big Show? Nope. Let me, so, get, one more guess. Let me get one more guess here. All right. I'm going to say it was Chris Jericho. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Yeah. Chris Jericho has had 10 eliminations. Number two is Triple H with seven, and Undertaker with six, and CM Punk with five. How'd you think you had go use Wikipedia? Mm hmm. Fuck. Okay, and for you, the listeners, three chamber participants hold the record for the most eliminations in a single chamber match. Who are they? Ooh. I have no idea what that would end up being. But if you guys think that you know, go ahead, leave your comments below, or send a tweet at Smart Moment, take a guess, and on the next episode, we'll divulge the answer to you and tell you if you got it right or if you're going to get the wrath of Wego. <laughs> on to part two with the hot tags coming up. Welcome back, everybody, to part two of episode 118. It's time for the weekly hot tag topics. And I said we'd throw something out there about TNA, which this is so stupid, but it's funny enough to talk about. <laughs> this kid named Aiden Fradley, or Fradley, I'm not too sure, 12 year old kid, uh, carved TNA into his hair and apparently got like suspended or detention or something for it. And Dixie Carter's answer was to be like, hey, thanks for supporting us. We'll send you some merchandise. Tits and ass. It's like, oh man, we can't afford to have any other kind of marketing out there except for kids in school. They're and... literally not pushing the right haircut. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is like, what if the people in on the school board were like, uh, you know, if you had like ECW or <laughs> WWE or something like that, we'd be fine with it. But TNA, that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know what you guys think about this. This is actually like really stupid if the school would do that. Apparently it was like this is an offensive could uh, just causes a distraction kind of a thing. It's a fucking haircut. Let the kid have it even if it is TNA as far as I'm concerned. Well, here's the ridiculous thing. I mean, you're talking about how it, it's because it was TNA and not because it was WWCW. I don't think it made a difference. I think they knew what it was for because that day at school they had a class trip to go to a TNA event. Oh, really? Well, yeah. That sucks. That's so this was all planned out there. So it makes absolutely no sense. He was, they're, they're going on a trip anyway. He's not even going to be in the school for maybe then the first couple periods. Well, it was meant to be educational. It was going to show you, like, uh, about money management, and there was going to show <laughs> <you> that example. <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. Like, what kind of school takes you to a wrestling event? Right. Maybe they got all the free tickets, and they were like, <laughs> screw it. I, I have not liked the response that I've seen to this, though. Um, I went to the actual, like, where the, the story broke on whatever town it was in. I went to their local newspaper website, and it showed a picture of the kid and his mom, and everyone's like, oh, of course this mom would have no problem going out with her kid looking like this. These both look like a bunch of crack addicts, and people are just making all these terrible comments. Like, come on, really? Is this, like, the worst thing this kid is going to school, just trying to show himself as a fan of something? God forbid the kid has something where he wants to express individualism or his dedication to something, even if it is something as stupid as TNA. I say good for him it's not like he's going in there with like i don't know big fake boobs like madonna style shit bouncing around like look at these look at these right where he doesn't have like a curse word in his hair or you know how many people have shit carved into their heads that are like dollar signs and shit and that's okay but yeah. it gets tna in there it's not even like it was t and a where it's like oh maybe he's doing it for tits and ass or something this is the type of shit that makes kids turn, like, fucking into rebels and stuff. Worth watch him in high school. He's going to be that fucking one with the outrageous hairdos and stuff. You know what? Probably, because it'll be a statement against it. Mm-hmm. But it, if he was going on a trip, that really doesn't make any sense. That's like saying he had a, a t-shirt on that was, like, um, I don't know, Velvet Sky. And they were like, oh, this is, you know, this is inappropriate or something like that. I'd just like to point out that this is probably the most in-depth TNA conversation we've had, and it's about a kid's fucking haircut. Right. <laughs> well, what do you think about this, Jerry? You haven't really chimed in yet. I mean, what's TNA? In all seriousness, it's got a TNA haircut. You know, he's got some mad balls, because if anyone knew what TNA was, I th- or any of the kids in the school saw that, oh, man. You get an ass whooping. <laughs> well, that's enough TNA talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be our, our noise whenever TNA pops up. It'll just be this groan of, oh my god, this hurts. <laughs> and people are going to think that we have like TNA tied to <laughs> diarrhea or something like that. <laughs> Constipation. Let's move on to WWE stuff instead. Uh, Mark Crozer said that he's going to be performing the Wyatt Family theme at WrestleMania 30. I think this is going to be a little bit awkward. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit um, around when we were doing the Raw post show this week, and uh, I think it was Payton had suggested what if they all in the band come out with the sheet masks on, and I think that that would be actually pretty cool. If they just come out by themselves, though, that's going to seem really awkward because when the Wyatt Family comes out and they pass them, like, CM Punk threw a little reference out there, like, hey, look at that, cult of personality, that's my song, that's awesome. And, you know, Triple H has different stuff over the years and all that. I can't see the Wyatt family, like, shaking hands with Mark Rose or something. But the idea behind it's kind of cool, so, yeah, you know, could be awesome. Uh, what do you think about that, though, Wigo? Yeah, I say just put them on a different part of the arena or, like, an elevated stage or something where they're not really going to intervene with each other. And then... 
it's not awkward that or you stick them in the uh, sheet mask like uh, i don't remember who suggested that not too long back but that's probably the answer for it or you just tell bray just to ignore to ignore the guy when he's coming out <laughs> gives him a sister abigail instead at the end of the song <laughs> payton thoughts I think this is awesome. I don't see any potential for awkwardness. Uh, first off, I think this is one of the best original band-based arrangements that WWE has used as a theme song in a long-ass time. Um, the crowd is just getting really into it. You're starting to hear the bigger crowds doing the clap-alongs with it. If you go back to the NXT days, they clapped along, they swayed as the music was playing. People get really into it. Um, so I think when you're packing an arena full of people, you drop those lights out and you have the band actually start jamming out together. As long as they keep it dark. They, they can't just put on lots of lights because they have a band on. Keep, keep it subtle. Maybe have like one little bit under-lighting the guys so it gives it that creepy atmosphere. Um, and I think it'll be awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think one of the things that WrestleMania has lost over the years was uh, the outside influence. I know a lot of people hate that. They hate the celebrities and they hate whatever. Um, I think it's great to have musical acts there more than anything else. I think that's a great way to append onto the show that you have, especially if you're having them involved with something like playing somebody to the ring. Then it's not taking time away or anything. It's just this extra awesome thing that you're getting at WrestleMania. So you're saying we need more Kid Rock performances? Well, no, because Kid Rock didn't really play anybody's theme song. He just played as a bunch of sluts danced their way down to the ring. <laughs> Maybe they could do with lighting, like um, just have a bunch of lanterns all over the place. Oh, that would be awesome. If they if they got like those um those candles that you put onto a balloon and you just release into the air and they just like fly all through the arena. Oh, that'd be cool. Drew, what do you think about this? Uh, WrestleMania sucks. At least we got this thing to look forward to. So, um, I'll give this uh, hashtag GY verified, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about WWE films. They're going to be making two sequels: The Marine Four, starring The Miz and Summer Rae, and Jingle All the Way Two, starring Santino Morella and Larry the Cable Guy. Woof. Ugh. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Wego. No comment. <laughs> Peyton. Jingle All the Way is legit one of my actually legit my favorite Christmas movie of all time. That's that's the one that I pick up and I watch every single year. I love Arnold, I love Sinbad. This is gonna be awful. Um Santino I could almost buy going into it playing like the Sinbad role. Larry the cable guy, absolutely not. He is just gonna make this absolutely unbearable. Um, another Marine film, whatever. What wasn't the Marine already in the third one? Or the Miz already in the third one? Yeah, the so they're going to be like a sequel to it, I guess. Well, they're not doing with anything with him on TV. <laughs> well, he's told us. Drew. Yeah, give it a four out of ten. The <laughs> WWE films is so awful. God, yeah. we had a bigger discussion about a TNA haircut than we did their own <laughs> film division. Well, Does anybody like... even know that they have their reboot of Leprechaun coming out this month? Does anyone like <laughs> I do. I like Leprechaun. They didn't do shit all to promote it. Well, you know, WWE. Why would they promote something like that? Come on. Huh. But, uh, but n- n- when who is like the biggest celebrity that they've gotten to be in one of these movies? Uh, who was that chick that was in the call? Halle Berry. Yeah. Definitely Halle Berry. Yeah, because yeah, that was half produced by WWE Films. The other half was another company. But uh, I think. You know, Larry Cable Guy, you know, I think that could bring in something. And some people like Larry the Cable Guy. I'm pretty sure the biggest person that they've had in WWE films is The Rock, actually. <laughs> uh, the Rock, yeah. Don't count that. 
wasn't um Larry the Cable Guy in the Tooth Fairy two? Did yes. they make a sequel to that about yes, it? Yes, yes. I yep. don't know because I yep. didn't see that movie, Tony. Neither guess did I. But <laughs> I can't what? imagine anybody saw Tooth Fairy two. Well, guess what? He wasn't Tooth Fairy two. God, and so it's got to be like the same group of people that are like, all right, well, we already did um, something in the past. Let's just have him play the sequel part. Like, was he going to do like um, take like all the the reboots and the sequels that we're going to be having in the future? Like, he's going to be the next RoboCop instead of the dude that they have now. <laughs> God, this is just a train wreck. I can't wait until WWE films stops existing. Let's move on to a slightly better topic, although it might be. Equally as confusing. WWE is going to drop the Antonio part of Antonio Cesaro's name and potentially going to drop the Langston part of Biggie Langston. So they're just going to be Cesaro and Biggie. I don't quite understand the point in this. And the first thing that popped in my mind when I saw the Cesaro story was are they just like thinking about Batista lately? And they're like, he has one name. Let's just do that for some other people. I think no. Antonio Cesaro is a perfectly fine name. And Biggie Langston, what's wrong with that? They obviously got this idea from Magnus. They <laughs> think he's working out so well as the new face of TNA. They know they got to copy that model. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the, the reason behind this is, Peyton? Uh, my guess is that they wanted to save money on printing costs. So they decided to take those parts of their names out. That's really the only logical explanation for this I can come up with. There you go. I think there was like, Antonio, that isn't really American. We could call him John, but no, we've already got a John scene. Let's just fucking get rid of his first name. I don't know what the fucking did. It was retarded. Um, the guy's being established as Antonio Cesaro already, and unless he's going to do some third-person shit like The Rock and call himself the Cesaro, it's pointless. As far as Biggie Langston, that might be the only one which I can get behind because Langston is a horrible last name. Drew? I'm honestly fine with the dropping the Antonio, just calling him the Cesaro or Cesaro. I, I find I find that fine, and you know may, maybe it's because you know Cesaro is easier to pronounce if they're going to do chance because you know he did beat Randy Orton on SmackDown, so hey, that says something. Don't know what it says, but it says something. But uh, I, but you know I I kind of like Biggie Langston. I, I don't think they should uh, mess with that, you know, because Biggie Langston is clutch. Well, that's yeah. going to sound a little bit more awkward. I think if he just comes out and it's just like it's big E. You know what's gonna be awkward when you have Jack Swagger and Cesaro. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> think they're gonna stick around too much yeah, longer. Yeah, I know. I think they pretty much got their eyes set on him being a single star at this point. Um, I'm thinking they might turn him face soon. The way they're going, at oh, least yeah. with a name change. Um, I'm definitely behind it though. Um, the net, the push, just not the name change. I don't understand it. If they was going to change his name, I wouldn't mind him taking his Claudio name and calling him Claudio Cesaro or something. But yeah. eh, I, I like guys having two names. It makes them seem like real people. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't real people. They're over-the-top superstars. What are you talking about? What? Wrestling is real. What? Uh, one last hot tag to talk about. Uh, the CM Punk situation. Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and JBL, they're microphones apparently went off before raw started and when fans started chanting for cm punk they were chanting to themselves oh just shut up and this is going to die out soon uh, the report said jbl said oh you can hardly hear any dedication behind the chant and they were ch chanting go away to the crowd 
I guess this leads a little bit more credibility to the idea that Punk actually did leave and it's pissed off a lot of people because so far all that I've been reading at the very least has been very negative reactions about CM Punk from you know the quote unquote insider uh, reports and everything like that. So maybe there is more truth to this idea that Punk left and he's going to kind of go down as like oh, that little asshole left uh, right before WrestleMania and screwed us over. I don't know. If uh, people are having this kind of a reaction and they're mad at that and they're not mad because it's like, oh, why are they booing Cena again or something? Just mad at Punk? Uh, I don't know. That whole WrestleMania thing might really be in jeopardy. Wego? Uh, I think this just concretes it as it that it's a work. Um, their mics just coincidentally came on and that coincidentally got picked up. We never get this type of footage released and it just happens to be released when CM Punk's being let go. Yeah, it's too fucking convenient. It's a work. Um, and I have and I have it from inside, like inside sources that the anonymous WWE superstar is the delusional Ken Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, what do you think about the punk chant situation? Honestly, I don't know what to think about it because, you know, I'm still up in the air about whether he actually leaving or not. So I'm just not going to just pay attention to that. I'm just going to just I'm just going to forget I didn't I heard about this. I'm just going to wait and see if he actually returns or not i think that's the bigger story here it's, it shouldn't be a big deal that people that the announcers out of all the people are chanting something like this i think it's pointless it's not relevant at all so i'm just just gonna ignore this and just see uh, what plays out from here Payton? i think that this is just a situation where they got caught with the microphones i mean these type of production errors happen all the time on wwe tv you know you'll see a random camera pointing to a part of the audience where it's normally not supposed to um or we'll see the back of the screen say michael mcgillicuddy while christian is coming out Mm -hmm. you know this shit just happens um i i totally believe that they would just talk shit about the fans i imagine these guys talk shit about the fans all the time when we don't hear it oh yeah you got to imagine every once in a while you got to just get fed up with people and just go like, oh, you know, these fucking idiots here or something like that. It's got to happen. I mean, the, you can't uh, do it all the time, obviously. And I'm sure that they don't like hate the fans or anything. But now, now this you, footage, this was from the Omaha show from this week's um, from this show in Los Angeles. Yeah. Because hmm. even they weren't chanting a lot for punk. Now, that's one of the things that um was supposed to be like a, one of the stories behind it. It was before Raw started, and it was dying out even before like that caught on too much. And that's what JBL was saying. He was just like, "This is going to die out soon. There's no real dedication behind it." Mm. But then there was also reports about midway through one of the matches that uh, Seth Rollins had gotten on the mic and said something about um, CM Who, and. Uh, they were changing. No, that was that was stuff. during that was on the WWE app. You could watch that. That was not oh, that's hit. on the app too. Oh. Yeah, that was on the the app. Yeah, it's on You can find it online too. Uh, that whole Seth Rollins thing. He just got on the microphone and started screaming that, "Hey, this is Dean Ambrose in the ring. He's the United States Champion, and pretty much pay attention to him." So again, that's just something else that makes me think this is a fucking work. Why Maybe. would you put that on the app? Mm. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Odd situation, but at least it's going to make uh, Elimination Chamber seem pretty interesting. Because we all know that if he doesn't pop up the day after Elimination Chamber, Punk's not coming back for WrestleMania. They're not going to, you know, 
not have anything to build up to, and then a week before WrestleMania go, oh, by the way, and he's going to fight Triple H or something like that. It's not going to happen. So, And, and I'll tell you why they put that on the app. They, they probably weren't even thinking that this was something that was going to be on the app. thing is, when they, they take these commercial breaks, they do as much as they can to either rile the crowd up in a, you know, in a negative manner or in a positive manner, whichever they want to come back from commercial break. In, and that's who he was probably going. He was going for a reaction, and he knew that saying CM Punk was going to do something to get that reaction. Yeah, yeah, that's a good insight for that. If you um, have any opinions on this, guys, make sure you send a comment below. And we're going to take a little bit of a break here and come back with your mailbag questions and call the spot on the card. Before we get into the main event of the night, instead of having a bathroom break on Smack Talk, we do what we call the rest hold part of the program, which we use to knock out some promotional material and scramble around some of our quicker segments that we're not going to do it a whole section to. First thing to take care of, as always, is the Bleacher Report card, and I actually don't know what I'm going to write this week for Bleacher Report, because we haven't quite figured that out yet, but one of the things that I've been throwing around is possibly a discussion about the beginning of the end of Alberto Del Rio, so whatever ends up happening, whatever I end up uh, writing for that website, you can find it out on the YouTube description below whenever I put a link up to anything the Facebook and Twitter accounts, the smartoutmoment.com homepage under the Bleacher Report section, and of course if you just browse Bleacher Report and go to my profile, then you'll be able to see all of the posts that I've written of the past and all the ones coming up in the future. The YouTube comment of the week goes to I Die for Pie <laughs> uh, for the comment they should make an IC title chamber match. I feel it would bring back more prestige to it if they made the superstars fight tooth and nail for it. And I fully agree. Um, I think that you need to possibly unify the United States and Intercontinental titles. And if you do that, not only should there be an elimination chamber match for that title, but there should also be a Money in the Bank match for that championship, and possibly even a Money in the Bank for the tag team title. I sort of like the Feast or Fired situation in TNA a little bit better than what Money in the Bank's gonna be. So, whether you got something funny to say, or something insightful like this comment, or anything else for that matter, keep sending in those comments, everyone, and tell us to smark your words. Remember the Sign Me Up initiative. If you bring a sign that says Smark Out Moment to any kind of a wrestling event, be it TNA, WWE, uh, UFC even, what the hell, why not? Uh, send a picture or a video of it to me, and I'll feature it on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. Saturday the 15th, our very own Dace Man is going to be commandeering the first annual Dacetacular Gaming for a Cause event, which is going to be a 24-hour video game marathon where all the proceeds are going to charity, specifically St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, it's going to be a live streaming event on twitch.tv slash Show. If you want to be a part of that and you want some more information about how to donate or the schedule for the games that Dace and everyone else is going to be playing, go to fanboysanonymous.com for more details. And speaking of fanboysanonymous.com, if you don't know what that is by now, for shame, that means you're not going back and watching old episodes of Smack Talk. Get on that. <laughs> But one thing I'd like to mention is that we've got another episode of the Group Meeting Podcast coming up where we'll be discussing the DC superhero universe and how they can't seem to get their movies figured out yet. That includes the Batman pushback and everything else that might be coming up. We also might be doing a special review point of Robocop next week, so go to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash fanboysanon, 
and subscribe there to make sure you don't miss out on those shows. You can also find it on iTunes and Stitcher if that's your preferred method, but make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well so we can help regrow and get back to the level we used to be before Google stepped in and screwed us all over. And lastly, I'm trying to recruit as many people as possible to join the Smart Gal Moment team for various different responsibilities. It mostly applies to writers, where you can cover topics like live TV show results, breaking news reports, a whole smorgasbord of different columns and theme segments, like we're going to do with the Call the Spot part in part 5, and so on and so forth. But it's not all about writing, so if you'd like to be an editor, or a graphic designer, or be on the podcast team, or an audio specialist, or a video person, or a social media marketer, blah 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 blah, just go to the site and check out the list of what's available and send in your application today. For now, break time's over with. Let's get back to work and start answering the questions that you sent in for the monthly mailbag. All right, rest hold over with everybody. Let's start talking about the mailbag questions that you sent in. We have three questions from Andre Rosa and one from my buddy Dane Quinn. Go, let's go with uh, Andre first. First question. Hollywood has done an interesting job in casting superhero movies lately, from Ben Affleck as Batman to Paul Rudd being cast as Ant-Man to the most, unrecent, the most recent unraveling that Jesse Eisenberg will be Lex Luthor in the Batman-Superman movie in 2016. So, in honor of the Justice League, if they were going to make an Aquaman and Wonder Woman movie, who would you choose to play the roles? I would go with Jessica Biel for Wonder Woman instead of Gal Gadot, or Gal Gadot, I'm not too sure how to pronounce her name. Um, I used to say Charisma Carpenter would have been perfect, but she's kind of too old to do that now. Uh, this was like back 10 years ago when it was like, oh, who should we do for Wonder Woman for that? And um, Josh Holloway for Aquaman, who was on Lost, which I am guilty of never actually watching. And that other show that's on right now where he's got a chip implanted in his brain or something, which I'm also guilty of never watching. But he looks like he's got the part and he's actually rumored to potentially be Aquaman in the new movie. So if that happens, awesome. Drew, what would you go with? Man, we're uh, just break, breaking out the big guns first. All right, so uh, since Aquaman is kind of a pushover, I think I'm going to pick an easy one here, one that Mango has compared to, to me as, so I'm going to take uh, Michael Sarah <laughs> as, Aqu- as Aquaman. And then for Wonder Woman, oh, man, I don't know the lady's name, but uh, the girl who plays Maggie in uh, The Walking Dead, I'll take her for just because I find her attractive. As you can tell, I do not care about either of these characters, so Andre, I am sorry about this, but uh, yeah, no, shit happens. Someone else who doesn't care is Steven Wego. What's your opinion about this whole thing? Will Ferrell and Jessica Negri. (laughs) (laughs) And Peyton? For Wonder Woman, I would cast Beth Phoenix, because she just is the embodiment of Wonder Woman, in my opinion. And for Aquaman... I would cast Charlie Day. <laughs> you know what? He probably could pull off an Aquaman if they were going to just go like, all right, everybody thinks Aquaman's just a friggin' stupid character. Yeah, you know, he would have to be a total goof. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I, I don't know who traditionally is the comic relief. It's my understanding that the Flash is usually the comic relief. Is that true? A lot or, of the, or not the yeah. Flash or Green Lantern. One of those two are usually the comic relief. And if you're doing it in live action, I think Aquaman has to be the the, the goof of the group. Yeah, they're trying to make Aquaman, like, this uh, badass, like, 
uh, asshole kind of character, and it's still like, but you're talking the fish. Like no, it's it's Mermaid Man, okay? You, right. you can't like make him that cool. It's got to right. be Charlie Day or someone someone similar. <laughs> uh, speaking about movies, the second one that Andre had sent to us. What do you think is the most overrated and most underrated movie you have ever seen? I think Stranger Than Fiction is massively underrated. Uh, a lot of people go into that, and I did the same thing, going, oh, I'm going to watch a Will Ferrell movie, and it's going to be like this, the typical stupid, silly humor kind of stuff. But I was pleasantly surprised to see that it completely wasn't. And that rubs people the wrong way a lot of the time, because they want to see those kind of movies. They want to see him acting like uh, in Zoolander and that kind of stuff. But Stranger Than Fiction really calls home to uh, a writer and somebody who's interested in movies and everything like that, and has mild OCD kind of stuff like that too. So to me, this was like an awesome movie. Everything from uh, the casting decisions, which I don't like Maggie Gyllenhaal, but she was perfect for that, to little stupid puns that they did with flowers and all that. I just think that that is an amazing movie that people don't appreciate enough. And K-Pax is another one that I really like that nobody ever brings up. Uh, a couple other movies that I had thought of when I first read this question, the the new Star Trek movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, people shat all over that, and I thought that it was awesome. And Kick-Ass 2, same thing. So uh, those are a couple of the underrated ones. Overrated, there's something about Mary. I don't find that movie funny. Tropic Thunder, any of those kind of Steve Carell vehicle, sort of uh, Ben Stiller, Jim Carrey kind of movies where you just take one thing and build a whole movie around that i tend not to like them i'm guilty of liking some of the old um robin williams though from the past uh coen brothers movies i don't like them at all i watched burn after reading i watched big lebowski and i just you know a lot of these i just uh, you know they are what they are fargo didn't even like it period argo i don't think that argo is really a best picture nominee necessarily even though uh it won uh do the right thing is another movie that people really love and i hated and the matrix actually is one that i think is really overrated in a lot of ways people act like the slow motion techniques that they use in that were just we've never seen this kind of stuff before and although it was a little bit of a difference i don't think it's that groundbreaking so those are my things that i would pick with that drew what's an overrated and an underrated movie Overrated. I'm gonna for my overrated movie. I'm gonna pick. It's actually the series. I'm gonna actually it's the first movie in the series. I'm gonna take uh, Men in Black. Some people like it, and most people I've talked to like it. I've never been a fan of it. I don't know if it's uh, Will Smith. It's probably Will Smith because I think he's a way overrated actor as well. It's all Linda Fiorentino's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's all whoever you just said's fault. <laughs> young. So, anyways, that's my overrated movie. I'm. It, it took me a lot to pick two because I don't really pay attention to this kind of stuff. But for my underrated movie, I'm going to pick El Torino with Clint Eastwood. I don't know why. I've, I've seen some people hate on that movie, but I, I just, I'm just in love with that movie. I'm <laughs> hey, hey, shape. This is my time to shine. I didn't interrupt you. Just let me, let me finish. So, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you love it so much, we called it El Torino. El Torino. <laughs> Instead of Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not Gran Torino. Oh, did I call it Torino? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just told you you did. <laughs> oh, true. Wait, go. What's an overrated and an underrated? Oh, yeah, Gran Torino. Yeah, of course. 
Well, I think an overrated film's definitely El Torito. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as my overrated goes, it's either the social networking close behind it is Inception. I didn't mind. I enjoyed both movies. I just think they were incredibly overrated for what the public was giving it. Um, I looked on the critic websites and their ratings were ridiculous too. It was like it was a fun watch, but dude, really? And then there's people shitting all over Kick-Ass, like um, you mentioned, is a fantastic film. I don't know why they shit all over it, but I enjoyed it, my wife enjoyed it, and anyone that actually has a concept of what fun is should enjoy it. So what do you think um, the reason is why Inception's overrated? I actually really love that movie. Don't get me wrong, it was a good film, but the way people made it sound, maybe I was expecting more from it, but... I just came away kind of, meh, it was okay. Mm. But I didn't understand what the hype was about. And it might just be a case where it, some people got really into it and I didn't, but... Yeah, fair enough. Peyton, what do you think? What are your choices? Uh, well, my choices for the most overrated would go to My Best Friend's Wedding. I mean, there's just ovaries all over the place in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. If you like the pun like that, you would like Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, I love Stranger Than Fiction. We we just talked about that on an episode of Geek Speak like two months ago. Exactly. I love that movie. Um, but as far as legit overrated movie, I'm actually a very big film buff. I've seen hundreds of movies, and I have to say the movie that I've heard the most hype around and I felt the absolute most disappointed for from after watching it was 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, I mean, people just go on and on about how like groundbreaking for film and all this other crap that it is. Man, that movie's just boring. I, I got absolutely nothing out of that movie. I feel like I wasted however long that freaking movie was. It felt like it was a day long. <laughs> it literally felt like it was a day long. And I just... I don't know if I'm just stupid, but none of it made sense to me. Like, I could get, like, some of the visuals he was trying to, like, be artsy-fartsy, but then the rest just seemed like random bullcrap. As much as I do like that movie, I can't defend that. It is fucking boring. It took me two times to watch it before I sat through the whole thing, and then it took me a third time to watch it before I actually understood any of it. Uh, really, just Stanley Kubrick in general, I think, is a very overrated direct director. I don't really like a lot of his work. I like the first half of Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I think everybody <laughs> likes the first half of that. And then it becomes yeah. like a totally different movie. And then you're like, oh, I guess we'll just watch something else. You know what? I can even watch all of Full Metal Jacket. L- let me put it this way. I can watch the first half of Full Metal Jacket like two or three times a year. But I can watch the whole movie like once every like five years. That's a good way to put it. Um, I was also not a big fan of uh, like uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, all those style of movies that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s. That style of comedy. I, the college humor comedy. I, I just couldn't get into a lot of those movies. Um, as you're saying, like the Steve Carell, even the later Will Ferrell style. Uh, what was that freaking jerk's name? The guy from Waiting? Um, you know Dane Cook? About? Not Dane Cook. The guy who looks like Dane Cook. Oh, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. Fuck that guy. I like um, Ryan Reynolds, but I know what you're, what you're talking about with these style of movies because it really is just kind of like they half-ass everything. It's lowest common denominator comedy. And I, maybe I, I like that stuff when I was younger. Like that was when I liked the mask and those kind of things. And right. now I know if I watch those kind of movies now, I certainly wouldn't be into them. I'm also not very big into mob movies. I know a lot of people will praise uh, The Godfather. I hated The Godfather. Oh, I Another movie I just thought was so plotting and long, too much talking. And I can appreciate a movie that's talking. You know, I, I love classic films, the, the Citizen Canes and the, those types. I, I can't get into to the mob movies, though. Just you way. Didn't, you didn't much. like Scarface? 
I didn't really like Scarface either. Oh, that is a movie, one of the most overrated movies of all time that I should Scarface. say. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Scarface either. I think Scarface is one of those movies where it was a really decent watch for me to just watch it out of the blue when people are like, oh, you should watch Scarface if you like Goodfellas and uh, Godfather and everything like that. But man, I have seen so much dedication to that movie from oh, people have posters, they have T-shirts, yeah. they have tattoos. Like it's it's an okay movie, but I, I don't think it warrants the following it has. I think <laughs> that it's overrated by a certain demographic, those like thug kind of people that are like, oh, I love Scarface because of all the murder. And you it's know like, what? Oh, it's man. not so much people love the movie; they love Tony Montana. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, that's fair. Because I feel like they told the same Django. story of Scarface in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and it was so much more fun. Right. <laughs> they even had the chainsaw uh, thing that, that references it. Mm-hmm. But um, third question from Andre Rosa. Well, well I'm not done. I, okay, I, I, didn't get, I, I didn't get to do underrated. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be quick with underrated, though. Um, my, my most underrated film of all time, and actually I don't even know if I can call it underrated because it's pretty well praised, but Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That is just in my mind, the perfect movie that you can get. Not absolutely perfect, but as close to perfect I think filmmaking will ever get. It absolutely blew my mind, not just in the ways that you can make a movie, but just life in general. Like, after I saw that, I felt like a different person, and I don't think I've ever felt like that for a movie before. Um, Changed my mind about Jim Carrey's acting abilities, about Kate Winslet's acting abilities. Made me discover uh, Michelle Gondry, who I went and just watched all the rest of the stuff he's done throughout his career and fallen in love with. If you haven't seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, that the concept is unique, all the ways he's shooting, all these effects, all done practically in the 2000s, which even by that point, everything had gone to CG. So to see someone take that care and, and love to, to make all these unique shots done just with a camera in front of the camera, no computer added stuff. It's fantastic. Um, and just one of the ones I just want to throw out there that I also saw recently, fittingly enough, also starring Jim Carrey, the Truman show. And, you know, I think we get lost these days with uh, all the reality television that we have on TV these days. What an awesome idea that was for a movie back then. I remember seeing that as a real young and, and just once again, having my mind like, Whoa, I can't believe someone would even think to do something like that. (laughs) And then now it's just everywhere. Yeah. Now it's like totally believable. It's like, Oh, they haven't done that yet. Right. (laughs) All right. Third question from Andre Rosa. Do you think that true happiness can ever be achieved? Not permanently. I think once you achieve some sort of happiness, unless you're somebody who is is just really, really easy to please and you're okay with like, you know, you see these people that have like a a one bedroom house in the middle of like a little hut in the middle of uh, nowhere. And they're like, yeah, I've got a well in the backyard, so I get fresh water and, uh, you know, a lot of rabbits come by, just kill them and eat them. And I'm, I'm good. Life's awesome. Unless you're somebody like that, I think you can never really be 100% truly happy. They're always going to be looking for something more. And I know that even in my case, like if I were a billionaire right now and all the projects I'm working on, you see smack talk on TV instead and all this other kind of stuff, I would just be looking back and going, man, I wish I had gotten to that success a couple years earlier. And what did I do wrong and all that? I'm always going to nitpick stuff. So uh, I think you can get close to it. But it all depends on your point of view. Drew? Me, it just depends on what you this what the what you define as uh, happiness. For, I mean, if you're completely religious, if you're re- not completely religious, but if you're just religious and you know you believe in an afterlife, you, you know, I, I, happiness for those type of people will be you know 
making it to the afterlife, making it to heaven, that kind of stuff. But if you don't believe in that kind of stuff and you're just like, you know, you want life on earth to be your happiness and you got to find happiness here, it just depends on what you want to do. If, you know, if you set out a goal to accomplish yourself and you accomplish it and this is like your big life goal, I think that's good enough to get, have eternal happiness. Way go. Yeah, I think people that follow religion can find true happiness. Uh, for example, my grandfather, he's like a Jehovah's Witness nut. Well, was he's got dementia now and thinks he's Mormon, but that's a different thing. Um, that wasn't a joke either. I, f- I feel like that should be <laughs> some kind of a sitcom premise or something, though. He generally does think he's a Mormon now. It's kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he's always lived his life in the mindset that it does. this life doesn't so much matter as long as he lives it in a good enough way where he's the next life um, is going to be good and he's happy that way. So I think it depends what your outlook on life is. Um, for me, I don't think there'll ever be true happiness. I'm always going to want more. If I've got a million dollars, I want a million and one dollars. If uh, And that's just human nature and the fact that I'm a greedy son of a bitch. So... Yeah, I think it's true happiness for certain people. Um, if you can find that, that's great. But if I'm truly happy, then i got nothing else that I'm trying to grind for. So, meh. Payton? Well, Buddha believes that 100% happiness is absolutely impossible. Life is comp- composed of various moments of happiness and sadness. And the best you could hope to find is a balance of that. And that's the best you're going to get. People can fake whatever they want to. They can put on a smile all the time. There's always going to be suffering going on throughout their life. And they could lie to themselves about it and they could ignore it and they can find strength in other things. That's really the best you're going to be able to find. You're never going to be able to completely eliminate suffering in your life. All right. And let's move on to the question from Dane. He says, uh, he thinks that CM Punk's going to return to WWE prior to WrestleMania. And what are our thoughts about it? We kind of touched upon that a little bit before. Um, and if Punk does return, what do you think that we would do for him going into WrestleMania? I'm not going to spoil too, too much because we're going to have that fantasy booking thing coming up. But quick reference here, I would say if you put him in for WrestleMania, he needs to fight Kane, either in a singles match or in a tag match where Kane leads authority people against anti-authority people like Ziggler and all that. Drew? Well, first off, CM Punk left like my, like my bitch ex-girlfriend. But besides from that, this is how I do it. Just have... Stop it. It's serious. <laughs> it's just so serious. Anyway. <laughs> you know, actually, I'm kind of like the, what uh, Mango did. You know, except, you know, he returns on... Unlike my big ex-girlfriend. But, you know, once he returns, you know, just, just fucking... Don't even, don't even have him... Speak. Just have him beat the shit out of people. I think just, you know, well, okay, he, it's like he don't. Just, just do something with him, you know? I, just don't, just make him be happy, you know? It's all about that peace. All that, it's all about that green and happiness, you know? What we just talked about. Well, Punk's never going to be 100% truly happy. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Sam Punk's the most miserable fuck in the world. <laughs> I'm banging AJ, I'm getting paid millions. Fuck my life. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> Punk, he's... Punk has so many issues. He's just, he's one of the most stuck up assholes. The thing is, think, some people aren't happy unless they're unhappy. So I, I think know. he's one of those people that just like being a miserable cunt. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, fuck, fuck, you know what? He could leave like my bitch ex girlfriend. I don't give a fuck now. <laughs> you know what the C and M stand for? Cunt and misery. <laughs> God damn it. 
<laughs> okay, I'm done. What do you think, Wego? What would you do with Punk? Um, well, I think the whole point of him leaving, or at least the with the fake, with what I call the fake reports, is that he's unhappy with the company. So you throw him into an authority angle. Vince McMahon's been off uh, television for God knows how long. So, um, and there was always that rumor of like having the Vince versus Triple H authority angle. Um, Vince perhaps brings Punk back and has him go up against uh, whoever Triple H's guy is or Triple H himself. So, um, yeah, that's how I see it going down. Payton? Well, I don't think Punk is going to come back unless he forces himself, kind of like Drew forcing his jokes. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) But I would have him face Titus O'Neil. Why Titus? Because he has to put over the future generation. Hmm. And fuck him, he left. Teach, (laughs) Teach him a lesson. Tell us what you guys think about these questions. Uh, if you have any opinions on any of the stuff that we said, maybe you like the movies that we said weren't as good as other people had uh, put out there. Maybe you are going to have your own opinions for who should have been playing Aquaman, any other funny people, Jonah Hill or something like that. <laughs> uh, what, you, what would you do for CM Punk for WrestleMania? We're going to go on to the next part here and debut Call the Spot on the Card. Alright, welcome everybody to the first edition of the Call the Spot on the Card, a new segment here on Smart Out Moment. This is another themed post where we have some kind of a list that's built around one basic concept, and this is basically a marry, fuck, kill in uh, a lot of different ways. For wrestling, uh, instead of having the three things where you do the marry, fuck, and kill, there's five wrestlers, and you have to place them in... A hierarchy kind of a situation. Do they get the top spot, main event, a little bit lower with the upper mid card, lower again with the mid card, lower again with the jobber, or the very last one, are they just future endeavored and released from the company? So you really have the full spectrum here of being at the top of the company or just completely gone and not a part of it whatsoever. And that's what makes it kind of fun because you have to pick one person for each one. You can't double up anything. You can't opt out for somebody and swap somebody else in there. So we're going to do future uh, lists where it's going to have maybe the five members of DX. We're going to have people from Evolution. We're going to have the the Horseman members. We're going to do lots of different themed things like that. And we're going to build this first one. Actually, we're going to do two things around the Elimination Chamber for this year. The first set is going to be the people that lost a chance to be in the Elimination Chamber. And then the second group is going to be the people that beat them to get that spot in there. So, first things first, the Elimination Chamber losers. Those were Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, and the three members of the Shield. Who would you get for the different spots? We're going to go person to person here instead of go release and jobber and so on and so forth. But... Um, I'll go last here. Uh, Peyton, who did you go with for the Elimination Chamber losers? Start with uh, released and work their way up to main event. Okay. Well, for released, I would release Jack Swagger. I think this is going to be pretty much unanimous with that with the guys used up anything you're going to get out of him. Uh, for Jobber, I would do Seth Rollins. I think he's a guy who's going to bounce around there a lot and make a lot of other guys look really good. 
Uh, for mid-card, I would have Dolph Ziggler. I think he is a tremendous talent, and I think he's going to continue to be a tremendous talent. I just don't think he has everything to be that world title type of guy. But I think he could be a guy like a Rick Rude that can just be around, be awesome matches, be an awesome character, and still attract lots of people to the buildings. Dean Ambrose, I would have be the upper mid-card guy. I think it's time for him to really step up and start showing off a lot more of the personality that he has. And Roman Reigns, shoot that guy in the main event. That guy is a star. Baby girl, he is going to the moon. (laughs) Wego, what is your list? Okay, for me, as far as going released, I think Jack Swagger, just because he's fucking abysmal. I can't stand him in the ring. I can't stand him cutting a promo because he's got that whole fucking lisping going with the people. Um, so as far as my uh, jobber, I'd probably go with Seth Rollins. Um, I think he's gr- I think he's good, but he's a good in-ring worker, so he'd do a good job of putting other people over in a decent way. As far as a mid-card guy, Dean Ambrose. I think he's incredibly overrated as far as how people are saying he's some Brian Pillman uh, cross between. I don't know who. Who's the other guy everyone says he's very similar to? I've mostly heard Brian Pillman. Um, Brian Pillman is someone else, but and they say he's got everything to get to the main event level. Honestly, his singles matches, they bore me. Um, so I think... He's obviously got something that people like, so stick him in the mid-card role. As far as my upper mid-carder goes, Dolph Ziggler is a guy that you can put the title on, even if it's not for a long time, or at least use to have a good main event level matchup. And the main event's got to be Roman Reigns. That guy has everything. He has the look. He has the ability. He has the it factor. Everyone's getting behind him, and he's definitely a future main eventer. Drew, what's your list? All right, so starting starting from the bottom, Jack Swagger is still there with being the one I released because you know it's, it's Swagger. Come on, not much you can do about that now. Uh, for Jobber, you know, uh, people will keep on saying Seth Rollins, but I'm gonna put Dolph Ziggler in that spot mainly for the fact that uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You you know the reason, the only reason why is because the last three members are the Shield members. They're all younger and well. They're not really younger, but they're newer to the company. I think they we should worry more about building them up than building Ziggler up at this point. You you've gotten all you could get out of Ziggler, and Ziggler is also a bit of a liability when it comes to injuries. Now he's had multiple concussions, and I think uh, you know it's just too much of a liability at this point to have him in a mid card role. That's why you see him be jobbing out a lot nowadays. So for the uh, mid card role, I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna. Honestly, I'm going to put Dean Ambrose here. I, I really can't see him being a champ, a heavyweight champion or being in the upper mid-card role. But I can always see him being a tag team in the U.S. champion. I don't know why. I just do not see him as that, that guy that could hold a heavyweight championship. So then for the upper mid-card, I'm, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins, which I know everyone else here has like the jobber role. But I really think he, he puts up on good matches. And I, honestly, he's really surprising me with uh, his his promo cutting abilities you know it's, he sounds a lot better than what he did when he first came and he doesn't have that look that a lot of people see but i think that he could definitely maybe be in a very mysterio oh, you know not luchador type style but you know that bit of that underdog role if they decide to change his character up a bit and then for the main event i think it's a unanimous like the release portion I, i'm gonna go with roman reigns you know he has the look he has the talent you know baby girl he's got this 
beer. <laughs> I think that's all that matters in the end. And the Superman. God, the Superman punch is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Should you do that more? I'm going to echo a lot of the same opinions. Actually, the same exact list as Wego. Uh, you got to release Jack Swagger. He's too problematic. And you talk about um, people causing issues. Swagger. Whew. So many different things that he has made the error of doing. Uh, all the multiple wellness policy violations. The Breathing. <laughs> Breathing out all that pot smoke. Uh, he's injured people. He's not really improving on the mic or in the ring. And he's really just gotten to the point now where you're not going to get anything more out of him. Uh, Jobber, Seth Rollins, he has a lot of positive qualities about him, but he's really just not that big of a presence. And like what Payton said, he's somebody who could sell moves for other people pretty well. Mid-card, Dean Ambrose, same reasons that Wego had said. I think he's overrated in a lot of different ways. His ring skills more so than his uh, mic skills. I like him on the mic a lot better than in the ring. And when it comes to overall entertainment value, the two other guys, they just surpass him. Uh, Ziggler, it's unfortunate, but I got to give him upper mid-card because it just doesn't seem like WWE is going to ever push him that far. And he maybe will end up being stuck in that Mr. Perfect kind of role where... You kind of are the main eventer, but you really are never actually the main event guy. But Roman Reigns, he needs to improve his mic skills a little bit, but he has been improving them. And all signs point to him being main event star in the future. And I can't disagree with it. I think he's got by far the best look out of everybody. And he's not horrible on the mic. And he's entertaining in the ring. So, uh... No reason for me to not go with Roman Reigns here as well. So the second group that we have, the Elimination Chamber participants, the guys who actually beat those people to be in the match with Randy Orton. Those are Daniel Bryan, John Cena, and Sheamus, who beat The Shield, Antonio Cesaro, who beat Dolph Ziggler, and Christian, who beat Jack Swagger. So going around the same group here, Peyton, who would you go with uh, for this group? This one was a little bit tougher. Um, for me, release, I would say Christian. Once again, a guy that's just not a lot left to do with. And, you know, it's it's time to let him go on to his second career as a carrot. Um, for Jobber, I would have Sheamus. Sheamus, uh, I I really just think has been shoved down the throats too much. He's okay. He's not amazing. I, I think he'll be great as a Jobber guy. Not as like a Zack Ryder Jobber guy. But more like a guy who gets enough wins to seem credible once in a while, but ultimately still loses to the rising stars. Someone like a Kofi Kingston. That's where I would relegate Sheamus to as a jobber. Uh, Mid-card, Antonio Cesaro. He's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely a future star. I just don't think he's ready yet. I think he needs a little bit more years of tuning on the big circuit, and I think he'll be into that spot. He's he's just got to develop a little bit more character. Uh, Maybe dropping Antonio out of his name is what he needs. Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> um, upper mid card John Cena I mean the guy's a legend already uh, you, you can't afford to not make money with this guy keeping him in some kind of prominent role you don't have to have him in the title picture you could have John Cena just doing whatever John Cena's doing and that's an important story um, so keep him around in the upper mid card keep him fighting people who are in that main event scene or trickling down into that upper mid card area and of course main event would have to be Daniel Bryan I mean you'd have to be silly not to pick Daniel Bryan over pretty much anybody when you're doing this type of scenario Daniel Bryan yes 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 Way go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For the jobber, I'm gonna go with Sheamus. 
I just don't see the appeal to the guy. He's big, and he's a solid worker. He's had some really good matches, but then again, the bulk of his work is just kind of meh. I mean, every time you see him and Randy Orton in the ring, everyone shits all over him. I don't know if that's so much him or Randy Orton, but either way, there's like no one in the top out of the top guys or in the mid card that I'm interested in seeing him work with. I've had my fill of Sheamus, heel or face, and say so just cut the guy if you had to pick one of these. So you have him for uh, released? Yeah, release definitely. Okay. Um, as far as my jobber, Christian. Um, I'm a big Christian fan. He's got a lot of experience. He can still go. And putting over guys, he's probably a great person to do that because he's a well-known name and he can do more for putting guys over than, say, a Sheamus could because he's being more established. Um, Mid-card definitely goes to Antonio Cesaro. The guy's a solid, uh, solid in the ring, but he's not ready for that main event push yet. Uh, he could definitely hold a mid-card title again, uh, work with some of the upper mid-card talent and have great matches with them just to season him up a little more. Uh, for my upper mid-card, it's going to be John Cena. Um, now, Cena is just a matter of pretty much what I said with Sheamus, where he's I've seen so much of him that I'm disinterested, but at the same time, he makes that much money and he's so such a major part of the WWE structure where you can't really drop him too far down on the card. So if I had to slot him in anywhere since I can't double up, Cena gets it put in the upper mid card. As far as the main event goes, it's Daniel Bryan. He gets the most, he gets the loudest reactions in the uh, crowd. He can sell merchandise. Uh, if you actually get behind him and start treating him like a main eventer and stop having him job out now and again, he has the potential to be the biggest face in the company and probably one of the biggest faces in the last 10 years. That guy is over, and you can only go up from there unless you're an idiot. Yes! <laughs> Drew, what's your list? My list is exactly what Payton's is, because I'm a copier. Yes! <laughs> Uh, so it's uh, I have Christian in the uh, release role because there's not much left you can do with him. Uh, Sheamus as my jobber, you know Sheamus. He's I've I've never really hated on Sheamus. You know I've get tired of him at times, but I've always enjoyed what he's done in the ring. Yes, his promos have always been childish. You know he's kind of the Irish version of John Cena. But while people would hate on his matches with Del Rio in 2012, I I quite enjoyed them. They weren't the best matches ever, but I always enjoyed it i didn't like the storyline going into it but again the match was good and that's all that matters anyways uh for the mid card i put cesaro not antonio the cesaro now because you know you like all of you guys have said so far you know he's getting there but he's not quite to the main event yet so being in that mid card role you know he could vouch and like battle for and build up his uh character and his wrestling ability from there the upper mid card, I put in John Cena. Like everyone else has said, you know, he's at that point now in his career where he's a legend, and there's really it's 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 that to that point where he doesn't need to be in the main event and like spotting for a championship. He could just go over and help build the uh, talent that's trying to work up as well, and I think that's a role that he should start doing soon. And then for the main event, we have the Yes Man, leader of the Yes Movement, and, and any other stupid name that people have came up with, <laughs> Daniel Bryan, which. He didn't take it from here. What? <laughs> you start saying yes. What do you mean? Damn it, you start saying yes. I don't, why would I say yes? Anyways, Daniel Bryan is my main God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. 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 Meh. Meh. 
Moo. I'm gonna have a slightly yes! different. I'm gonna have a slightly different list than what people had mentioned before. I'm a little bit down on some other people in comparison. The Christian released. It's kind of a shame, but the way that this list worked out, we've got three people that just overshadow the other two people, and that's what sort of balances it out in this way for me. And Christian, he's had a solid career, and he is somebody who has a lot to offer, but when you give me this group of five people, he's the one that I think is the most logical person to just kind of get rid of, because how many more years is he really going to be around, and how much value is he going to have in those few years now that the title was unified? He's not going to be somebody that's challenging for the World Heavyweight Championship anymore, because that doesn't exist. So... At maximum, Christian is going to be the person that he is in this Elimination Chamber match where he's kind of somebody to throw to the Wolves. And maybe he'll get an Intercontinental title reign. Maybe he'll be in the United States title picture and all that. He'll be a filler main event guy. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't think he's really going to... He's seen the maximum of what his career's height's going to be. Jobber sucks but antonio cesaro he's impressive and i like him in the ring a hell of a lot more than sheamus but he doesn't have as much of a presence as somebody like sheamus does and if you're telling me that i have to factor in the crowd response and marketing and whether or not the person can cut the promos and all this other kind of stuff together i don't like to admit it but sheamus has an edge on him and Cesaro just by default has to go into that jobber spot because he can't go up higher than Sheamus, and I'm putting Sheamus in the mid-card. So he has to go down to the number four spot. And Sheamus, as I just said, he's the mid-carder because, as Peyton had mentioned, he was thro- uh, shoved down our throats quite a bit, and I think that's actually the majority reason why Sheamus is the, the guy at the spot that he is today. He definitely doesn't deserve it. And if you were to put him in previous eras... There's no way that Sheamus would have been a multi-time world champion. Think about what would have happened in the Attitude Era when we had Austin and The Rock and Triple H and a lot of big names going on there, The Undertaker and all that. Sheamus would have been the guy that they build up for a year to lose to The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and then he would have probably done nothing else. That's essentially the spot he would have been at. So I don't see him as the upper mid-carder at all. And officially my list, I went with Daniel Bryan on the upper mid card and John Cena in the main event, but the opinions that uh, everybody else has made today, it's hard to argue against that. And I kind of think that I, uh, in retrospect, I should switch that around and John Cena should be the upper mid card. My original opinion was that Daniel Bryan is essentially a main event guy, but John Cena does have that bigger presence, the same kind of argument of Cesaro and Sheamus. But maybe you just kind of downgrade him a little bit now, and John Cena becomes that upper mid-card guy that slots himself in the main event but doesn't have to win it all. And Daniel Bryan can be that top guy who is the underdog, who wins those matches, and people actually can get behind and everything like that. So I'm a little bit 50-50 on that. I mean, maybe if uh, Daniel Bryan can get that big of a push, he should get that main event spot. Maybe John Cena makes the most sense because he's just that top guy that they've had for all these years. And that's the biggest uh, business decision that you can make. I don't know. But let us know what you would pick for these different groups here. Who would you call the spot on the card for the losers and the winners of the Elimination Chamber match? 
how would you rank them? And what do you think about the segment too, as well? Do you think this works better on just smartcatmoment.com itself? Or do you think that this is a fun discussion, kind of like superstar scores and all the other stuff that we do here? We're going to do one last segment in part six, and we're going to talk about some fantasy league, t- uh, different trades and everything else that's going on with that. Rounded out with some plugs. And that'll be it for this episode. So stay tuned for episode 118, part six. One last order of business to take care of on this episode is about the Fantasy League. And the standings are up on the screen right now if you're looking on the YouTube one. But if you're not, then go ahead and look at it and subscribe while you're at it. So (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, anything else we need to do as far as trades and all that other kind of stuff, I'm just going to pass this right along to Peyton. Well, as always, you can always catch the latest scores and stats and all rosters and all those types of things at KeepingKFabe.com. Got everything rolling over there, easy to find. Currently, the scores are as such, sitting in last place, fifth place with 300 points is Team Juego. In fourth place with 435 points, Team Miguel Leon. In third place, myself with 465 points. And in second place, with 1,090 points, Team Tony Mango, which leaves first place, still holding yes. strong for pretty much this entire season. Team Not Jester, Drew White, <laughs> yes. 1,155 yes. points. Or should I yes. call it the Drew Crew? Yes, the Drew Crew. Ooh, so uh, I yeah. think we have some business to take care of this week as far as moving teams around. Uh, first off, I believe there is a trade that may be in order here. Uh, Drew, you may want you want to talk about this here? Yes, yes this trade, uh, it's a risk for um, both me and Steven, but... Uh... Me and Stephen have came to an agreement as of five seconds ago. Uh, we're gonna, he's gonna trade me CM Punk. No, I'm gonna trade him CM Punk, and he's gonna trade me Sheamus. Be such a dick move if I went now, change my mind now that we've done all this. I, I honestly, there's there's no upside for you out of this, Stephen. Sheamus yes. is your biggest point gainer. Yeah. Uh, no, now you've told me that. No, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I already said we already agreed to it. We already agreed to it. No. Well, you agreed to four other things prior to it, so. You told me we were going to trade anyways before we did this. Uh, yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say offer him someone else. Offer him Big Show or Rey Mysterio. You can, you, yeah, you can have Rey Mysterio. You fucking suck. I hate you. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you can have Big Show or Rey Mysterio. I mean, Big Show did that thing for New Year's where he was a baby. That was good. <laughs> If anything, that should be negative points. <laughs> well, since, uh... There are the other people, though, that you could pick up if you want to pick up somebody else who isn't taken. Well, if we're going to be going into uh, regular subs, we have a different order for that. But, guys, do you want to make that trade? You want Rey Mysterio? You want Big Show? Yeah. You, seriously. <laughs> yeah, same point, same point's not coming back, right? Well, yeah, guessing... well, no, you're the one who's acting like he's going to come back, so why don't you All right, take well... I'm guessing this trade's not happening, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go through the traditional order here. We already had lots of trades happen, so I had to go back and trace uh, who would be priority here. Uh, as such, it's actually gonna go to Miguel first, who is not present at this time and he's made no alerts as to anything he wishes to. The next would be Tony. Uh, Tony, is there any trades you want to make this week? Nope, no, there isn't. I like my team. Okay, then we come to you, Drew. Drew, is there anybody you want to uh, swap out this week? I am going to drop CM Punk, and I'm going to pick up Christian. All right. Drew is dropping CM Punk for Christian. That uh, brings us to Steven. I wish I knew who my lowest point earner was right now. It's going to be Mysterio. 
Probably. Let me drop Mysterio and take Punk since he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> After all that. Alrighty then. So why didn't you just fucking trade me? <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez. Uh, so that brings it to me. Uh, I am going to drop the Antonio part of Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Ooh. actually going to drop Road Dog and take on Luke Harper. Even though he's a champion, hmm. he's not going to be champion for much longer, and it's not like he's defending that belt. True. Yep. So uh, that brings it back around to Tony. Still sticking the same. Drew? Um, sticking the same. And Steven? Uh, no. <laughs> it's not going to pick up a TNA guy with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take AJ Styles and we'll ring up Honor here. <laughs> no, we won't get me any points since no one watches. All right, then. Um, then I... I'm going to drop Antonio Cesaro and take on Eric Rowan. I think we're going to do a joke about the Big E part. <laughs> Since you have both Big E and Cesaro. Oh, now you don't have Cesaro anymore. So your team right now is Fandango, Big E, Undertaker, and two members of the Wyatt family. This is correct. Why the fuck do you have Fandango? Fandango is my first pick. Mm. Held on to him the whole season. Well... Is anyone going to pick up Cesaro? I'm not. Um, Which, it would go back around to me, so then that means... Uh, it would be Drew. Drew has to pick before you if he wants it. Oh. Mm. Oh, no, Tony, you have it first. But yeah, well, I don't, I'm not going to get it up anyway, so it doesn't matter. Mm. I don't know, Wager, you fucked me over a little bit ago. I'm thinking about picking him up. Okay, I'll just take whoever you drop. <laughs> Is <laughs> <laughs> just to fuck you? Well, your team right now, Drew, is Jimmy Will Uso, you? Alberto Del Rio, Roman Reigns, Billy Gunn, and Christian. Yes. Um. Shouldn't be yeah. you out, but if you think about it, Jimmy Uso might be winning a tag title right real soon. Yeah, I think I'll drop. Uh, I think I'll drop Christian and pick up Cesaro. <laughs> Christian lasts a good three minutes on Team Drew. Hey, you know he's the one I released, so hey, might as well. It's the second time he's been released from that team, I think. Yep. <laughs> and I think it's the second time that he had something that dealt with CM Punk too. Because didn't I trade uh, Christian and Punk? Yes, I believe uh, that's correct. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, drop the Big Show and uh, take Christian. There you go. <laughs> so, Drew, you're going to pick up Big Show? <laughs> Actually, uh, I think I... No. I'm just going to pick up every person that he drops. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think we're all set here. We got a good number of trades here heading into Elimination Chamber. And uh, that's it. Does anybody that's else want to do any mama. other trades? Uh, Drew Crew for the win. All right, so the updated uh, list, and we have um, my teams, Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Miguel, Miguel is Randy Orton, Jay Uso, Ryback, Cody Rhodes, and Damian Sandow. Wago, what is your team again? Lost track after your trades. I have Sheamus, Seth Rollins, Batista, and then I forgot, Christian, <laughs> and CM Punk. Punk yeah. And then what's Team Drew again? 
Team Drew is Jimmy Uso, Alberto Del Rio, Roman Reigns, Antonio Cesaro, and Sheamus. To be honest, I don't understand. I'm sorry, not Sheamus. Um, Who the fuck did he take on? Cesaro. I don't understand how this team's in first place. I really don't. Because Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, I'm talking about then, but looking at it now, I'm like, oh, I don't It used to have Randy Orton. It had the the big run of the shield. Dude, I got... Jester got fucked. <laughs> I didn't get screwed. He got You're screwed. You're still in first place. What are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah, at least you can get fucking stuck with Team Stoner here. <laughs> and then what's your team, Payton? Uh, my team is Fondango, Biggie Langston, The Undertaker, and the lesser of the Wyatt family. No. <laughs> All right, guys, stay tuned uh, to uh, whatever happens with the standings and all the other points that we get on KeepingKFabe.com. The last thing we need to do for this episode is just round it out with some plugs. Check out all the plugs that I mentioned already in the rest hold. That kind of does me in for all the A-Mango Tree stuff, so let's move on with Wego. If you like anime, don't go to AnimeContent.com. It's a scary fucking place. You should go on and check out Addicted to Anime. Uh, Addicted to Anime is a monthly podcast that me and my wife do. This month we're going to be doing uh, a review on Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, that's going to be airing live on Mega Powers Radio February 23rd. And check out facebook.com slash addicted anime fans. Drew? Uh, not much to plug here, but you know, you always support the Drew crew because it's freaking awesome. I don't understand why you wouldn't like it. But besides for that, I got nothing else to say, so why don't we take over to the mic, Mo? The Mike Mo. <laughs> All right, Mike Mo, what's your <laughs> Does he know Rudin Tootin? Wow. I don't know if you'll be hearing this in time, but if you are listening to this before Thursday, February 13th at 8 p.m., join us on Mega Powers Radio on GeekSpeak, where we're going to have special guest C.G. Thornton, a.k.a. Star Slayer, who is a professional guitar hero video game player, also star on various reality television series such as Robot Combat League with Chris Jericho and also WCG Ultimate Gamer and a few other projects she's gotten herself involved in. Really awesome girl. We're going to have her on for the full episode talking about her life and all the contests that she's been in and also just talking about the latest in nerd news. So it's going to be a fun show. You can call in, ask your questions, all on MegapowersRadio.com. Also, this Saturday, since we don't have Chris Dace here, I know you all love Chris Dace. Please support Dace gaming for a cause he's gonna be doing a 24-hour video game marathon all day raising money for uh some children's charity st jude's children's research hospital thank you um i don't know the exact details of where to get the stream but if you go to fanboysanonymous.com and look for daystacular gaming for a cause you no doubt will be able to find a lots of stuff on there giving you all the information about it and always join us every single monday night following monday night raw for the npr raw post show on megapowersradio.com all right guys that's it for episode 118 next week with one episode uh, episode 119 what are we going to be doing? Well, of course, it's Elimination Chamber time, so we're going to be giving our predictions for the pay-per-view, and that's going to be our special feature for then. But for now, and for Steven Wago, for Drew White, and for Mike Payton, I am Tony Mango. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. Ooh, outro, tell me everything you know. 
I like to bang my mallet. I like to smack it real loud. I like to put Miguel down, rolling like TNA, never drawing a crowd. Every smock's gonna want a piece of me, yeah. I stare into the outro. I hate the things I see. Oh, outro, tell me everything. Uh...